You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. What up? Welcome in. Good morning to you. It's Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a wonderful holiday season. Hope you and your family are safe. Uh, we're in the West Coast where we've just been crushed by rain. More rain coming today or snow if you're up in the mountains. Or in the East Coast where you're getting all the snow and weather after a lot of parts of the South were very warm around Christmas time. Welcome in. Get ready for a happy new year. Doug Gottlieb, Rob Parker in for Dan and the Danettes. We will get to what now with the bowl season, right? Because we've had bowl games canceled and the big ones are yet to come. Intelligence runs in the family. No, not my family. Uh, In the Mercedes family, innovation runs in the family, extraordinary runs in the family. The 2021 Mercedes-Benz range of SUVs. Every member is waiting to impress. Learn more at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Speaking of the best, Rob Parker, John Madden was the best in terms of coach and coaching personality, in terms of breakthrough broadcaster. And he was the, the, the coaching version of... Peyton Manning as a pitch man before Peyton Manning became a pitch man, right? And he's most known for the video game. He died yesterday at the age of 85. Uh, no doubt. I mean, it's, a, it's an incredible career when you look at it and uh, how different people, like, like he touched so many different people in different ways. Uh, older people remember him as the coach and then other people remember him as the broadcaster. And other people who weren't football fans remembered uh, a guy. I always thought of him as like HR puffing stuff. And I do it, I say it respectfully, like a big jolly kind of guy doing these TV ads and, and making people who, you know, maybe not into football still pay attention because he, he had that kind of presence on the screen to make you want to listen to this guy who's a little loud and round and, and whatnot. And then, to the kids who just know the name because it's on the video game. Oh yeah, Madden, Madden. Most it's like a lot of people who um, I ask people all the time, Doug, about certain things that we just take for granted and we don't do any kind of research or know. I ask people, what does BP stand for? You see on uh, gas stations, BP. Do you know? British Petroleum. Right. But you ask most people, they have no, no idea what BP stands for. They see the sign and they just accept it as BP gas, and that's what it is. So Madden, for a lot of kids, didn't mean John Madden. They didn't know who John Madden was. It's the video game. It's called Madden, and that's it. And now, as he has passed at 85, we start to look back and peel back the onion. I, I read a fascinating story about how uh, John Madden didn't want to invest any money into the company. Um, you know, when they gave him an option to put some money in and buy as many shares as he wanted. And and I read the quote that said basically, uh, no, I'm not giving you any money. You know, like, can you imagine where he would have been? Now, he did very well and made a, a fortune off of it, but he wouldn't invest in the company at the time because he just didn't want to give up any money for it. And look at what it turned into. I think the, the big deal was, what, hundred and Fifty million dollars to use his life, his likeness and whatnot, and name forever. Is the deal that he ultimately signed? That's a that's a it's a pretty good deal. No, he was a. Um, it, it is it is fascinating on the power of video games, right? I mean, think of the power of that video game. I, again, do I believe that analytics are a a big factor? Yes, but you also even the first choice. Did you see who the first choice was to have the name on that game? No. 
Joe Montana. Makes sense. Yep. Joe and Montana Joe, Joe passed was first. Yep. And Joe passed? Joe passed on it. I mean, imagine, imagine, being, imagine going like, wait, what? Let's, we're passed. playing Montana. We're playing Montana. Yeah, that's... No, we're playing... Yeah, we're, are we playing Montana? Does it have the, does it have the same... Does have the same... And, and, you know, I mean, he, he used... There was other quirky things about him, right? Other quirky things about him. He did host Saturday Night Live. You know, he he did he was he was a pitch he was kind of the every guy pitch man right because he did he, the beer commercials didn't he John Miller Light yeah Miller, Miller Light Light, everybody right? did Miller Light everybody did all things. Miller Light did they they were the first beer yeah I think uh, beer company to really because they did Mean Joe Green didn't they wasn't that Miller Light as well Mean Joe mm-hmm. Green was Pep Coke with the yes, jersey didn't he, didn't he ultimately do he uh, might have Miller done Light? that I, rem- I, I remember uh, Billy Martin did uh, and George Steinbrenner did Miller Lite I mean everybody did Miller Lite it was huge Bob Euchre obviously also did Miller Lite that was based in Milwaukee here's John Madden on a slice of turducken here's how you slice it see a lot of people don't know you have to slice it down the middle see and then you slice it across this way because what it is, it's a it's a deboned chicken stuffed in a deboned duck stuffed in a deboned turkey with dressing between the chicken and the duck and the duck and the turkey. So as you cut down that way, you go turkey dressing, duck dressing, chicken. Got it. Good. I'm confused. I mean, look, I'm hungry have, though. I'm how hungry. do we not have Frank on? We we need to get. I, I may I may need to call Frank. Frank Caliendo, get him, wake, wake him up in, in Arizona and have him on. Uh, because honestly, you know, Frank is an amazing impressionist and on, a, a tremendous comedian. But his career was started and built on, on John Madden. On the, on the, if you actually listen to John Madden, there's lots of weird stuff that he says. Right. But he became synonymous with sports on TV and everybody knew his voice, right? If you're going to pick a guy to imitate, you got to pick a really, really popular guy that everybody knows his voice. You don't have to go like, whose voice is that? And right. he picked John Madden and it, it made it change his life. I was going to say, other than Howard Cosell, of course, Billy Crystal and a ton of people did Howard. But yeah, Frank Caliendo, definitely in the John Madden. And just like, you know, the sounds that John would make, you know, like it wasn't just always like uh, elegantly uh, expressed with words. Right. uh, But that's the charm of him. No, it was the opposite. It's one of the things, um, you know, Jay Billis obviously does a tremendous job over at ESPN. And and what he has is something called the economy of words. He is amazing, amazing at saying so much in as few a words as possible. You're like, wow, that was really good. He gets in and gets out. But that wasn't Madden. Now, Madden didn't overtalk. And part of it was, I think he was at his best with Summerall, who didn't say anything, right? No, Pat Summerall would be first and 10 for the Giants. Yeah. Giants. I mean, am I right? Like, Yes. Like, that, that's yeah. all he would say. He would set it up first and 10 for the Giants. Well, it got, it got progressed. It became a thing. It got progressively worse. I'm sure when he was older, get older guys struggled to see. And, you know, I remember him calling the Cotton Bowl, and he just said, touchdown. Cotton Bowl, like instead of just, instead of just instead of calling it a game at all, but right. it, it worked because man was kind of you know and here you go and that and uh, right there was there was a lot of kind of common man words in there and that was kind of the the genius to him uh, and it is amazing though and how you point out British Petroleum there's other things like that where we we only know it as what it is now not I mean I, I'll give you a guy. You know, James Brown, who was out sick this week for CBS, like, I don't think pe- people know he was a great player at Harvard. 
Right. He's a basketball player at Harvard. College basketball player at Harvard. Right. Nobody knows. And then he played in the NBA and then he was a color analyst and then he worked his way into broadcasting. And now he's been synonymous with the The NFL NFL. mostly for for years at first at Fox and then at at, at CBS. And so it's it's really it, it is interesting that Madden Madden passes and how. But the point I was getting to with the analytics is that. How many of these coaches now, or maybe our sense of going for it on fourth down, which is, this is taking over the league. It's become... No, it's bad. Uh, it's, the, the, the Chargers lost a big game because of it. I'm, yeah, I, well, they lost I, the, the, the Chiefs. The, the that's Chiefs. a huge loss. And, you know, and, and you can say, Doug, I, I hear people when they say, this is who we are, and we're going to do with whatever, you know, and, and, and I get... You wanting them to have an identity, but there's also to me a thing called winning time where, where you're going to win the game. And I remember, and we talked about, I don't want to get into Brady, but the Super Bowl with, with, with uh, Shanahan and, and the uh, Atlanta Falcons, their first and 10 at the 22, they're up by eight. Okay, so they're in field goal range already. If you run the ball three times, kick a field goal, you're up by 11 and the game's over. Instead, they continue to pass the ball and and, uh, there's a sack and there's a holding. And before you know it, they're out of field goal range. And then Brady marches down, touchdown and a two point conversion and they lose the Super Bowl. Right. So I get your identity, but there is a thing of called like winning the game and doing what you're supposed to when you run the football or whatever to eat the clock to, to, to ice it. And the same thing you're just talking about with the analytics about always going for it on fourth down or going for two instead of kicking the field goal and, and, and uh, extra point or whatever and tying the game. And we saw the uh, Baltimore's lost how many games? Three games this year that way? Two, I think. They've done it. Two. 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 Going, going, for two, going for two has lost some game. But twice, right? It was a Pittsburgh game, and then it was the game a couple weeks Green ago. Bay. They, Green and, Bay. And, um, um, but, but, but again, the, but I, I think a lot of that comes from Madden. It just does. Like, it just, the, the idea of, like, well, why are we not going for it here? Right? And when you combined a generation of younger coaches that we all grew up playing it on some level with the backing of the analytics crowd. It's, it's become okay. It's become much more normal. Like I was, I was watching the Colts and, and they're going for it. You look at how many times teams go for it now, as opposed to when we were kids. And do I think there's a healthy balance? I do. Okay. But I would also point out, like, we remember when we were kids watching the NFL, how frustrating was it when teams would get a lead, they'd run the ball into the line three straight times, they'd punt the ball, then they'd get in a prevent defense, and every person in our, in our field or on TV or in print or radio would say, the prevent defense can prevent you from winning, right? right. That's what we've, that, that's right. What we've gotten to. And, and this has changed. And I think analytics is a very and, – and the use of math – is a very big part of it, right? Very big part of it. But I also would point out that Madden is a is as big a part of it because how many times as kids did we go for it? Because like, what is the point in punting here? Let's just let's just. Well, I'm not going to get fired because I'm my own coach when I'm playing Madden, and if I don't like it, I shut off the game and I turn it back on and I pretend like it was a glitch. That that's that's what happens. With Rob Parker, I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Now the NFL uh, mirroring other sports is changing their COVID protocol procedures. Now it doesn't actually technically mirror 
the CDCs. What does it mean for this weekend? What does it mean for week 17 in the NFL? We'll tell you next in the Dan Patrick Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Rob Parker, Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Danettes. Hoping you guys are getting ready for a great and safe new year. So, um, obviously last weekend was a hard walk. It was hard to figure out who's what and who's who. And there have been some stories. The Indianapolis Colts, you know, they're now down 15 guys in terms of COVID. But they found a way to go and win, win an incredible football game. And now Carson Wentz is on the COVID list. And, of course, this actually goes hand-in-hand with good news for the Colts in that the quarantine requirement for guys who test positive has moved from 10 to 5 days. And you can be, if you're either asymptomatic or if your symptoms lessen. And this from Lindsey Jones who said there's no testing requirement for NFL players to be released from quarantine after 5 days. So it all hinge on a player's honesty in reporting symptoms after testing positive. In other words, if you walk in, you're like, I feel great. I feel better. I'm good. I'm ready to go. They're like, okay, good enough. Right. Sure. Sure. So I'm not surprised. I mean, this is, you know, there are people and who just want to play the games and want to make the money. And they just, they're just going to look the other way. And once you've opened it up to this, where it's scouts honor, uh, I hate to break it to you, but most people just aren't going to be honest. There, there might be a few, but they're football players or they're players in their games, and they're going to side on the side of, I'm okay, I'll just play, no matter what the ramifications might be down the road. So, so I, because there's no other further testing or to make sure, you put other people at risk. And this is... We won't know, Doug, for for a long time, you know, the ramifications of this and how it's going to affect people or whatever. But this is just saying, like, okay, what else can we do? We don't want to have our playoffs without our star quarterbacks and our star players. And this is how you're going to avoid that because I doubt that they're going to do those tests uh, the Saturday before the playoff game. No, they're going to do it. They're, they're going to do a test on a Monday. No, and right. Then, and then if you do the, and then you do the math by Saturday. This is what happened with Car, with Carson Wentz. If you do it on a Monday, then you're you're good. Then you're like ah, by the end of the week, like your test positive, like fine. You're, like this is their way. This is their loophole. No, right. This is their now, loophole. The, the point, right. I would be I would be most upset if I was vaccinated, boosted, did everything I was supposed to do, and guys like Carson Wentz did not, and yet they they don't have to. Um, that would that would not sit well with me. Um, I also think it wouldn't sit well. All it takes is all it's going to take is one person to bring it home to their family and their family to get deathly ill, and you will you will see some pushback to it. But in the meantime, it does make it so that we feel we're going to be very very close to full strength with NFL rosters this upcoming weekend, doesn't it? Yeah, 
Because um, all you got to say is you're feeling better. Scouts right. on. Like, you feel better? That's like, all, uh, scouts on. I'm good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What? Much better. I was on death's door the other day, five days ago or whatever, and now I'm good. I, I feel way better. So let's go. I don't have any what, the, the interesting part is that if you actually read, the CDC changed from 10 to five days, but that's for vaccinated people. And even that is getting pushback from a lot of immunologists. So, hey, like, not every, not every case is the same. Right. So... I I fully understand pushback against doctors because doctors generally are on the safe side. You know, they just are. Generally, you're on the safe side. Um, the, the the easiest parallel I can give you is in in sports. We usually think of your ACL as how long it should a person be out with an ACL. I don't know. Rob, how no long idea. do you think? How long do you think somebody's out when they tear your ACL? I tore my ACL. Last I, I never tore my ACL, so I'm I don't just know. saying. How but long you watch you sports. How long do you think people are out with an ACL? A I, year? I, yeah, like a, a, probably a, a whole calendar year. Right. Right. How, right. Right. But that, that's not the case anymore. No, not really. And even for uh, you know, I'm a middle aged man now. Right. So I'm four and a half months out. I can I. Technically, I could have run probably at three and a half months. Now I've been cleared to run and to jog. And like so at five months. So how did you months, tear yours? Playing pickup? Playing basketball, yeah. I haven't, shouldn't you retire, Doug? No, 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 no. That's the. Huh? No. Retire? Like retire from what? I'm not. From playing play. basketball. You're, Why? <laughs> so that you don't have to tear your ACL. That's you, the first time I've ever been hurt in my life. First time Ever. Ever. You know how many friends of mine, I've seen all these guys try to go out there still playing basketball. I retired from, from that stuff. The only thing I play is, is softball. You don't retire you from hurt. anything that you didn't actually, you didn't, like, you retire when it's a job. No, I you retire. Like, you can't retire from a hobby. Yes, I retired. I don't want to play full court basketball anymore. I don't want to get hurt. I, I, I stopped also playing. You're old. You're also I know, sneaky I'm, I'm, old. Right? I know, you're, Rob, you're sneaky old. Like, right. I don't think most of America, if you didn't tell anybody how long you've been doing what you've been doing. Right. And it you said, be. hey, hey, you know, give me the be, be the carnival worker. Tell me how old I am. People would say, I think in your 40s. I'm going to be 58 in two weeks. I, you're not, I know. You don't give away the answer like that. What are you doing I'm giving just, away the answer? But I'll be 50. I mean, I'm not ashamed. I feel great. I'm fortunate. But, I, but Doug, seriously, I'm just... Other than softball, and I still play softball, but other than that, because I, I, I love that game and I can run around and it's not like playing. I'm not playing uh, football, throwing the ball around or playing some touch football in some situation. I'm not going to blow out my Achilles or ACL uh, um, playing basketball at this point. I played. I had fun doing it all at a, a hobby level. You know what I mean? I never played organized basketball. I was a baseball player. But anyway, I, I just I don't want to be hurt. Like, I can't afford to be hurt. That, hasn't that hindered be, what you're I doing? Be, no. I mean, no? it's hindered me in terms of working out and doing stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, it was it was bad for a week or so. Like, I, How bad was it? Were you in, like, is it? It was, like, it, honestly, like, when I did it, I knew I did it. And I was laying down because it was an adult league that I, sh- I knew I shouldn't have played in. I had a buddy who was like, man, we got four. I was playing golf at the time, like in San Diego. And it was at this gym, West Newport gym, that I grew up watching Scotty Brooks and guys play in an adult league there. And I was like, ah, I'll go and play in the adult league. I came home and I was in, re- I'm in, I'm in good shape, but I was, I'm a little heavier than I wanted to be in terms right. of we playing. We all like, are now, right. 
Yeah, I just I think that I, I honestly think that's a big reason that guys hurt themselves is they you're you're like you want to play yourself into shape and you're carrying extra weight. It puts extra torque on those ligaments and tendons, whatever. I don't know. I, I when I did it, it hurt like hell. And then it was really swollen. And then, you know, after about a week, you can live with a torn ACL. You can even have that thing cleaned out and taken out and be fine. You're just going to have some arthritis in your knee. I want to get, I want to play sports. Right. I'm not okay. dead yet. I want to play, want to play tennis, want to play hoop, want to be able to play one-on-one against my kids. So yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not retiring from my hobby that used to be my profession. Rob Parker, Doug Gottlieb, been for Dan and the Danettes here on the Dan Patrick Show. But the, the Carson Wentz thing is the... It's the, I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. On the other hand, um, now he won't, you know, he, he outlasted Aaron Rodgers, right? Rodgers' team dumped a game because he sat out because of COVID. We don't know how bad it was, but he broke his toe at some point in time uh, while, while he was shut down on COVID. And, and the, 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 the pressure from people has, has caused people to go, for the NFL to go like, all right, fine, five days is the cooling off period, the quarantine period, and uh, then you're you're back to back to playing. John Middlecoff joins us. He's an uh, NFL analyst, of course, a former NFL scout, and he's oh Middlecoff's not there just yet. Okay, we'll get to we'll get to Middlecoff in a second. Um, but if this in fact changes Carson Wentz's ability to play this weekend, love him or hate him, it it makes it completely changes the dynamic of the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, it's it's big. I mean, it really is. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and they're trying to make the playoffs. They're not there yet. I think they play. Who they play? Jacksonville is their last game. Mm-hmm. So even if they lose this one, they still have a shot. Is that correct? Yes, I think so. Right. Yes. Yeah. If they but win, still, I, I believe they win. They're in. Yeah, but still, you want to win. You don't want to chance it. You don't want to. Uh, have it come down to that. We just saw uh, the the Chargers, I'm sure, thought that they were going to be all right. I know they had a lot of people out, but they didn't think they would lose to the Texans like that. So you just never know when the team's not playing for anything. Um, it it could play the role of spoiler. So I'm sure they want their guy. What do you think of the idea of them calling Phillip Rivers possibly to come out of retirement to play uh, had, had uh, Wentz not been able to play? I, I think he could have done it for a game. You know, the, the problem with all those guys, it's a lot like any of these NBA guys. Like, for a game, you can do it. It's the next day. You get out of bed the next day, you're like, oh, my God, I can't move. Um, I think he could have done it for a game. The problem is that, like, when we saw last saw Phillip Rivers, it was bad. I was going to say, that was, was my bad. thing. If you do that and he comes out and throws three picks, you know, and you lose – you're going to be like, why, why wasn't the guy who's a second-string quarterback playing? Like, he's second-string. He knows all the plays. He, he's been in practice all year. What, what, what does this – it doesn't make any – why was he the second-string then? Uh, well, I mean, uh, you're going to go to Sam Ellinger? That, that's where you're going to go? You're going well, to go to – Well, but he shouldn't be uh, on a team then. That's The, the second-string quarterback, Doug, is, is supposed to be there when, the quarter, when your starting quarterback gets hurt and you got an emergency. I'm not saying he's got to be equal to Carson Wentz, but what is he on the team for if when you need somebody to fill in for the quarterback, you go get a out-of-shape guy, older guy who wasn't that great his last year and uh, playing anyway? I mean, I, I don't understand well, you, that. Because you're running the risk. I mean, this is what you do with it when you have a young backup quarterback. You're trying to develop Sam Ellinger. I mean, I, I'm guessing the Sam Ellinger thing is like they think he can be a – 
um, uh, why am I forgetting? What's the guy in who's hurt, who's who's out who's hurt with the Saints? Uh, who's a hybrid quarterback? They keep giving oh, money oh, to. Taysom Hill. Taysom yeah, Hill? Taysom Hill. I mean, that's what Sam, Sam Ellinger's right. best shot of making the NFL because he's a he's tough. He's a runner. He can throw some. I I would guess it, and that's the risk you run if you don't have one of these veterans as as your backup. Whereas if you just need it for pay, for if you just need it for one game. Yeah, one game you go and get a guy who's done it before. If you need it for a season, you have a young guy who can develop, who maybe maybe eventually becomes a quality backup who can be a change of pace, and you can play eleven on eleven around the goal line. That that would be that would be. Remember, they also they had Brett Hundley, who I think they have on their. I think he's on their uh, practice squad. Brett Hundley was a. Uh, he started some early in his career. Remember out of UCLA, then was the backup to to Aaron Rodgers a little bit in Green Bay. So it's not like they, they don't have other options if they want to go the veteran route. Uh, but they, I believe that's where Brett Hundley is. They also had a guy, James Morgan, on their practice squad. So you carry some guys around, but, and, and none of it's it came from the team. It's amazing how many qu- few quarterbacks there are. Did you see that stat about there's like the Notre 20 guys, Dame quarterback? There's like 20 guys on earth who can play quarterback. Right. That's really what it is. No, really, really you're play right. starting quarterback. I, I, 100%. It's, it's incredible with all the guys playing quarterback in college, but they can't play quarterback. Uh, Notre Dame quarterbacks who Ian Book started for the Saints and lost the game. And uh, Notre Dame quarterbacks have lost 23 games. Lost 23 games in a row. The last quarterback uh, from Notre Dame to win a game in the NFL, Brady Quinn. (laughs) Can you believe that? Wow, that's tremendous. John for 23. Matt, John Middlecoff joins us, NFL analyst, former former scout, host of the Three Now podcast. Uh, Rob asked the question; it's a good one. How can Indy leave itself with? And it, look, they'll probably get Wentz back. How do you leave yourself with Sam Ellinger as as the guy if he can't play? Well, I mean, what what really are your options? You know, I mean, well, let's face it; most teams, just in general, don't have a good backup quarterback. Uh, I, I know you could argue the last couple of years, the circumstances you had to be ready, but I mean, they're only. Are there even 32 guys that you feel great about? So, I mean, part of it was they, they've been band-aiding this thing together since Luck left. And, I, you know, I, I understand with him being unvaccinated, but clearly the rules are going to change. Like, I, 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 it wouldn't shock me by the end of the week. You could test out of it within 24 hours as an unvaccinated guy. So, I, I mean, I fully expect Carson Wentz to play on Sunday. Yeah, John, John this, is, this would be my point. If, if you, you have a guy who's unvaccinated – and if you wanted to have a backup plan and you didn't think, you know, your, back, your backup is good enough in an emergency, they could have had uh, they could have Philip Rivers be a part of even if it's Zoom, you're still a part. You're the four string quarterback will keep you on salary. You, you 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 do virtual stuff. You know what's going on. You know what I mean? Like as 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 a backup, knowing that there's a chance that the quarterback could be missing a game or could get COVID or whatever. So who who, what who are you talking about? Who is the, who are these imaginary guys that are out there? No, that I'm, you want I'm, to have I'm talking about Philip Rivers. If if you're going to go to him now, you could have had him as a backup plan all year. John is what I'm saying. I, but my I just want. I mean, Rivers is worth a couple hundred million dollars. He legit retired. Then he started coaching his the high school team. I, I wonder if he'd even you know he's got. 75 kids, you know, I, 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 hear what you're, I hear what you're saying. I mean, could there be a lesser guy, you know, a McCown type? Or but somebody, he, right. 
they Didn't all they coach. do that with Philadelphia? Yep. Didn't Philadelphia have McCown under like a contract that four? He never came to the yeah, facility. Yeah, they did that, they did that yeah. last year. He ended right. up playing, okay. remember? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John Minokoff, our, our, our guest. All right, so let's assume Cole Beasley, by the way, just activated along with other Bills. So let's assume everybody's playing this, this weekend, right? Um, let, let, let's get to, let's get to how, how big are the problems with the Patriots now that everyone seems to have figured out how to play against Mac Jones? Well, they get the Jags this week, right? So they, they should be a get-right game. I, I, I think they just have a fundamental flaw. Uh, and they've been able to avoid it when they get ahead because they're built, you know, th- this is going to sound like a slight, and I'm not trying to, uh, Belichick might not take it, but like Navy or Army, you know, I mean, they have a running offense. So when they get behind, they can't throw. Uh, you know, I mean, they're not going to come back from 20 points. They're, they're not built like that. Part, and partly, it's not all on Mac. He's used to playing with these great wide receivers at Alabama. They don't have that. And the last couple weeks, they've had guys hurt, COVID list, whatever, uh, they're just not built to come back. And he's not. I mean, you just see him physically. I mean, him and Tua, similar arms. You know, Mac's bigger. I would rather have Mac than Tua. But I, I just think that they have a like they have to play a certain way to win. That's run the ball, get an early lead, and play defense. And the one thing you saw last week is J.C. Jackson, who has become an excellent corner. He got destroyed by Diggs. Now, Diggs, you know, when he's on, is one of the better players at his position in the league. But, like, if, if they're going to have one of their best players on defense get worked, they're, gonna, they're in trouble. Like, their defense has to play, like, a top two or three defense for them to win playoff games. Like, I, I don't think they're a lock. Now, I guess we'll see. You know, they, they could still win the division. The Bills have to win out. But if they have to play a road game in the playoffs, which, hell, it could be against the Bills – um, I, I don't think they're a lock to win a game. That, and to me, that doesn't diminish, like, rookie quarterback. They've had a really good season. It, it was a bounce-back season for Belichick. I think we can all put to bed. He can't coach without Tom Brady. He's a good coach. But they, they need to get a little more explosive. And the Bills did this a couple years ago, remember, when they traded their first-round pick for Diggs. Part of, you know, this is not the John Madden 1970s football. You need to be able to throw the ball, and they just don't have the wide receivers. John, let me ask you about the Dolphins, first team in NFL history to have a seven-game losing streak and now a seven-game win streak. I still don't buy into the Dolphins. I look at who they've beaten during that stretch, and other than the Ravens, it's a mishmash of bad teams. What do you make of the Dolphins, and is this fool's goal? Are they any good? Yeah, I think they've benefited a lot from their schedule for sure. But a a little bit, honestly, like the Patriots, because four is a really good defensive coach. They play good defense, and then their offense has just been okay. You know, and Waddle makes plays, but they play really good defense. So if you're going to play good defense, and then you play a schedule that had a pretty crappy stretch there for a while that they took advantage of, and then they play the Saints and they get Ian Book, they've taken advantage of their opportunity. Here's where I will give them credit. Uh, I know, Rob, you've watched the NFL for a long time, right? A lot of teams, I don't care yes. if you do have some talent at 1-6, and 1-7, and seven, you, the ship sinks, you know? Yes. And for, and especially with all the, That's true. You know, the Watts and stuff hanging over, I, I give them a lot of credit for just finding a way to win games. Because let's face it, we, we've all seen a lot of coaches, you know, win four or five games in that situation. Because remember, early on in the season, Philly has their draft pick, and it was like the Eagles are going to have two top five picks. Now all of a sudden they're both eight and seven. So I actually give both those coaches a lot of credit because they started off pretty, pretty terribly. Um, look, winning, you do get it better. When you win, you know, winners win. You just find a way. 
Okay, but you're looking at the Packers, and you know they survive a late comeback from Brent Hundley. They survive, you know, all those interstate. They still, you know, kind of barely beat the Browns at home. Did they win you, the game or not, Doug? What, what are you saying? Hold on, but we didn't we do a segment where you're you're saying Tom Brady's lucky because they won the game? <laughs> no, just or whatever. go ahead. I'm all right. Anyway, uh, so no, but it seems like the Rams are figuring it out. You know, without Robert Woods, did it you see Stafford like, this past it, week? It seems like the Cowboys. Uh, it seems like the Cowboys' offense figured something out this this past weekend, and of course you have Tampa and Tom Brady. Although they have the injury to Godwin, I think they'll get everybody else out for the postseason. I guess my question is: We've all walked around like, okay, the, you got to go through Green Bay, which likely you will. But what is in your mind the actual pecking order in the NFC? I give them a little bit of pass on Christmas week. I mean, we're all humans. Obviously, football players are humans. We're talking more humans. Right. You know, you're not probably as locked in during Christmas week. So, you know, especially it's a short week. They played on Christmas. I, I give them a little bit of a pass on that game. But I hear you. They, they have not probably been as, as humming the last couple of weeks. But, you know, in theory, Bakhtiari comes back. Alexander still might come back. You know, Aaron Rodgers, to me, is the MVP of the league. Their offense, you know, I, I saw Devontae posted something on Instagram. It's supposed to be like two degrees this week, uh, Sunday Night Football oh, at, at Lambeau. They, you know, adding A.J. Dillon and, you know, paying uh, Jones, they are built, and LaFleur comes from the Shanahan. Like, they can run the football. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing that, and, you know, being a Niner guy watching those McCarthy teams, and when I worked for the Eagles, that was the year that they won the Super Bowl. And they beat us in the first round, and, and Starks had a big game. But yes. over the tenure of McCarthy's you know, time in Green Bay, they were always a passing kind of softer team. Yeah, and they cute. had a lot of home games that they lost because you got to run the ball when it's you know, freezing cold at Lambeau. Well, now they have a big bruiser. I mean, they have multiple running backs. And I think Rodgers you know, has just come to the understanding, working with LaFleur, like, you know, we can't always go five wide, and it's really worked. So I – I know they had, they kind of, they didn't play a great game last year in the NFC Championship game, but I, I'm going to pick them again unless they have some crazy injury to, to win the NFC. And, and, and John, let me just say, follow this up. And that game, to me, your, your point is well taken. I, I look at when they went to the desert against the Cardinals without their three top wide receivers. They ran the football, they won a big game on the road. And I, I think they can win by running the football. Aaron Rodgers, and defensively, they make plays to win they're the tougher. game. They're tougher, Am I right? Sure. Yeah, they're tougher. They're tougher now than they've been. But, and they were last year, too. They just had a bad game, you know, against, uh, against the Bucs, who were, you know, yeah, that play probably top the first half killed them. That, that was the game. Right? John, you and I have discussed this before, is Garoppolo was playing really, really well. And then he did what Jimmy Garoppolo does, which is like, dude, what are you doing with some of these interceptions? And you know, gone is the, you know, gone is the, the you lose to the Titans who are missing half their team on the road. Yeah. Now, they have the Texans, they have the Rams. We don't know how many of the Rams will play in that last game of the season. But was, is that the moment where you're like, and now he's, now he's hurt. Is that the last we see of Garoppolo in a Niner uniform? Yeah, I don't think we ever see Jimmy G again. I mean, we'll officially know today, you know, I guess his status for practice and stuff this week. But I, I think the Trey Lance show has, I mean, it already began because he started a game along, I guess, earlier this season when Jimmy got banged up, but it's, it's over now. And one thing that's been happening up here is the team, and even some of the players impromptu after games, because he's been running the scout team, have been talking about how good he's looked. 
And we know, listen, you know, what can you really make of it? You know, practices, the games are how you get judged in football. But, I mean, this guy, and I've been to a lot of training camp practices, this guy's a legitimate talent. You know, I mean, he's six three and a half. He's got a huge arm. The character and intelligence and all that stuff was off the charts coming into the draft. And, you know, I, they like him a lot. And obviously, you know, if Jimmy was healthy, would they have made this move? I, I, I got a little conspiracy theory. I think there's a chance that they benched Jimmy Garoppolo after that game. And now they're using the injury. It's an easy pivot, especially, you know, they got – kind of a shorter buy, you know, like a baby buy, they call it, when you play mm-hmm. that Thursday night game into the Texans. And then you get the Rams, which the Rams could win the division this week, right, if they beat the, the Ravens and the Cowboys beat Arizona. You know, we've seen McVay before. If he, he can't get shut the one down. or two seats. You, you won't, you won't yeah, be able to name be- a guy on the, Ram, on the Rams in, in week 18. Like, you'd be like, who is so playing you- for these? No chance those dudes play. Zero. So you get two spots now for Trey Lance, a bad Texans team, and then probably the backups against the Rams to kind of ramp him back up to get him a playoff experience to kind of be the guy next year. Like, Jimmy's done. And and listen, Jimmy's a polarizing guy, but I I think if we take a step back, most guys that are Jimmy Garoppolo, right, somewhere – you know, on a given week, Jimmy's like the 14th best quarterback to somewhere in the low 20s. Those guys are always the most polarizing because they can have some moments when their team's good and look really good, but they also have bad moments. He's, Cousins falls into that category. It's, it's just a natural uh, – it's the natural talking point for that value of quarterback. Now, big picture, I think the Niners, if they are kind of doing a transition benching, they they want him to be injured. They don't want to say he's because there are. I watched a lot of football. A lot of teams need quarterbacks, and Jimmy Garoppolo is a lot better than the guys the Giants are rolling out. The Heineke's right. He's going to have value in the market. Uh, last thing, Cooper Cup is now. We're adding another game. We don't know if he plays in the additional game, but the the Cooper Cup numbers are ridiculous. As we point out, you have been a scout. You were at the college and the pro game. Um, how? Is is he a product of the offense? Is it is he a possession guy, or or is he the best wide receiver in the league? And we're just now figuring it out. Yeah, I mean, to me, the best wide receiver in the league is Devontae Adams. Because here's what I know: Devontae would crush it in the '60s to today. You know, Cup is a really, really good player, and I mean, he's a legitimate. He deserves the credit he's getting. But we have to, you know, just watching some of the Madden stuff. Some of the clips from the 70s, the 80s, even the, the era Jerry played into to the early 2000s with Terrell Owens, it, it was a lot different on wide receivers. No you know, and, and Cup does a lot of his work over the middle of the field. Uh, th- those days of, you know, obviously Ronnie Lott's a long time ago, but hell, just the Atwater. Some of the, John Lynch, who just went to the Hall of Fame. You know, just watching John Lynch's football life. You went over the middle on Tampa Bay you might get your, your helmet cracked, Ear holes. like legitimately. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just not there. So he's, the numbers are just inflated. And I, we've heard Brady and Rodgers talk about that because yep. they've played in both eras. Like, it's just, it's just different. Now, that doesn't take away from, isn't the NBA the same way? It's, it's, you can still acknowledge the guy's a stud and anyone worth their salt would want Cooper Cup on their team. But would he look like Jerry Rice if I put him in 1991? You know, <laughs> maybe not. All right. Thanks, John. See you guys. John's the best. John Middlecoff, three and out is the podcast. LeBron James started center last night. He and Russell Westbrook had a triple double. Are we impressed? We'll discuss next in the Dan Patrick show. Fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 
Doug Gottlieb, Rob Parker, and for Dan Danettes. Here on the Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. LeBron, Russell Westbrook, triple doubles. Lakers beat the Rockets. Are you impressed, Rob Parker? Not that impressed. Uh, it was a struggle. I mean, the Rockets, I think, had a four-game losing streak coming in. And the Lakers had a five-game losing streak. LeBron's been scoring 30-plus points. It just hasn't seemed to factor in. Uh, they won. I'm not going to knock them. You know, you, 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 you'd rather win than lose. But it just wasn't like where they get one game, where they play well, you know, and feel good about like what they have going without Anthony Davis. They still should be able to beat teams like Houston without a struggle. No question. I, I would say this, though, that if you go back to the previous game where Russell Westbrook was 4 of 20 from the field on Christmas Day against the Brooklyn Nets. And LeBron came out and said, like, hey, man, make or miss league. You just missed some stuff. But he got us extra shots. He did a lot of the right things. I, I do think that a blind man can see, one, Russell played well last night. Played very well. He had a triple-double. He had seven turnovers, but he played well. He shot the ball well. I think it helps. I think when, when LeBron, at least on some level verbally, has your back— that that helps your confidence. When when LeBron's done with you, he won't talk about you. He won't look at you. He won't give you the ball. Everyone knows when he's done. He's clearly not done with Russell Westbrook. Which I, again, I I know that I, I don't believe they were thinking about trading him anyway. But now that solidifies it to me that that LeBron well, wants him around. Maybe he realizes too. It's just going to be impossible, and I have to live with it because it was his decision ultimately. Uh, so, so maybe sometimes, Doug, you just resign to the fact that he's not going anywhere and I got to make this work. Otherwise, it's going to be even worse because it, it, it's, a, it's a hard contract to be able to move. Really? You, don't, you think $92 million over the next two year years, and a half? Yeah, two I, I, two yes. years? Isn't that, yeah. that's, that's, I mean, you could train for John Wall. No, I, they, I, uh, and, and guys get moved. John Wall got moved. Uh, Russell Westbrook got moved. So it, it happens, but I think this is going to be a tough one. All right. For Rob Parker, I'm Doug Gottlieb, and uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow as we'll get you ready for a weekend in the National Football League. And uh, it's going to be great. H- have yourself a, uh, a happy and safe day wherever you are, and keep it right here to Fox Sports Radio.